the anniversary. An anniversary is usually something that has a kind of joyous feel to it. There's nothing joyous about this particular thing that we are marking one year since Russian forces invaded Ukraine. There was another United Nations General Assembly vote yesterday, again demanding peace. South Africa again found the wording of the resolution such that they could not support it. So they, along with 40-odd other countries, chose to abstain. And that is something South Africa has done, maintaining that it has a non-aligned position on this and that the only way to end this war is for peace to be negotiated. And I'm not sure how conducting a military exercise with one of the invading force amounts to a non-aligned position. And I would rather South Africa come out and tell us the truth. I mean, I would prefer them to vote for the resolutions, but failing that, I would prefer them to tell us the truth, that they're on Russia's side, and this is why they're on Russia's side, and then we can debate that. And But, you know, this this piece of wool they're trying to pull over our eyes is just ridiculous. Janet Jobson is the CEO of the Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation. Janet, good afternoon. Hi, John. Lovely to speak to you. Does South Africa have... A claim to a moral position with its non-aligned stand? Um, No, I have to say I agree with you that South Africa's position is completely disingenuous. Um, You know, what we've seen is this this proclamation of non-alignment, and and that sort of phrase goes back um, to the bad old days of the Cold War, but we're not in the Cold War now. And, um, you know, part of what we've been trying to get across is that as long as we fall into the idea that this is a geopolitical conflict only and that the only debate is between Russia and the West, we forget that there are actual human beings in Ukraine who are being killed, whose homes are being bombed. Um, And that's an absolute travesty. And and so we've got to stand up against it and we've got to try and somehow uh, at least hold up a mirror to our government to say this is absolutely unjust and um, a terrible position to take. And they are probably, because we don't know the exact figures, because the Russians won't give them to us, probably tens of thousands of young Russians being slaughtered, many of whom would prefer to be at home. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And and I think we often miss, you know, there's thousands of Russians who have protested against this war. I think, um, you know, one of the one of the things we too often do is ignore the internal um, sort of protest that has happened in Russia. There's been massive crackdowns. Um, But it's not a singular position that Russia has. This is Putin's war, the Russian state's war, as much um, as South African people don't support the war even though our government does. So, you know, so there's a distinction between the Russian people and the Russian government, I think. I today, I mean, obviously it being the, um, it being a year since the invasion started, um, there's a lot of pining about it. There are a lot of opinion pieces, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking to you because you co-authored one of them. And on the various websites, international and local, um, it's probably kind of uh, 80, 85% to 20, 15% um, opinion in in opposition to what Russia has done. And then, you know, there, there are people who say the West is to blame. NATO aggression is to blame. The Western military industrial complex is to blame. Um, the inability of the Ukrainians to root out Nazism is to blame. And I... I 
I confess I really struggle to to get into that argument and take it seriously when it is so crystal clear, no matter how hypocritical the West is, no matter how many military armaments companies in the West are, (laughs) the cash registers are ringing because they're manufacturing weapons and ammunition for those weapons to pass on to the Ukrainians. None of this would have happened if the Russians had not on the 24th of February 2022 against international law invaded Ukraine. No, exactly. And, and we often, you know, have, have spoken with our um, colleagues from the Ukrainian Association and they make the very blunt point that if Ukraine stopped fighting, they would lose their country. If Russia stopped fighting, there would be peace. So it's very obvious where the burden lies in order to end this conflict. Um, and the fact that our, that our government wasn't even willing to vote in favour of um, a ceasefire, in favour of negotiations which were included in the resolution, you know, it's a real, it's a real indictment on um, our supposed commitment to human rights. Look, it's it's a kind of cheap question, but you are the CEO of the Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation, and there are clear indications from the things the late Archbishop had to say during his time as a, a legendary civil activist on Earth. There are plenty of things that he said that he would have said in response to this invasion. Absolutely. And, and so one of the many um, extraordinary responsibilities we have is to try and keep his voice alive. And, and it's entirely clear to us that the Arch would have really stood up and spoken truth to power. Um, you know, we've been really delighted that we've been able to convene a number of other voices in South African society. So we've had um, Archbishop uh, Tabo Makhoba, all speaking out in forums that we've been trying to convene. And we think the arch would have been at the forefront of just saying it simply and plainly as it is, which is that um, we've sold out any moral position we may have had and that Russia must simply withdraw from Ukraine. It's that simple. And they show no signs of doing so. Janet Jobson, thank you very much. CEO of the Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation.